You're about to listen to a message by Reverend Yomi Kasali of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah. There, I, I want to uh, teach tonight again on tents, tabernacles, and temples. However, so today we'll be looking at how you can make, watch me, how, how you can make your temple, your body, your life, your whole life, the temple of the Holy Ghost. What should I do, Pastor Kasali? See, by just coming to Christ and be born again, no. When you come to Christ and get born again, you are born of the Spirit. When you start growing and you allow Him to be your temple, you are led of the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, not born. Being born of the Spirit and being led of the Spirit are two different things. I've always preached that all my life and I will preach it. We have many people that think they are born of the Spirit but not want to be led of the Spirit. In fact, in fact, in fact, you want to lead the Holy Spirit. Oh God, let me go there. And that's what happened today. Everybody wants to control him. We don't want him to control us. So today, I'll be preaching on under the influence. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 22. By the time I'm through, I would like you to take a test on yourself. Take a test and ask yourself, am I under the influence of the Holy Spirit or not? There are many things Christians do that make me laugh that that person is not under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Be not drunk with wine. We are in his excess. But be filled with the Holy Ghost. The reason I like this passage is because Paul was trying to teach us through the help of the Holy Ghost what it means to be led by the Spirit. As many as I want, led. So he said, okay, how can I teach you what it means to be led by the Holy Ghost? The only way I can teach you to be led by the Holy Ghost is to explain to you what it means to have the Holy Ghost fill you. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. So to explain that to you, this is what I'm going to do. Be not drunk with wine. I'm going to give you an example. Because the best way to learn eh, is to find a case study or an example. So if I want to, for instance, teach you what sports is like or teach you leadership, and I say, like coach would do in a game of football. A coach will teach the players how to play. So I'm using the coach and the game of football as a case study or for example. So that when I now teach you that, in your understanding leadership, you will know how coaches, the role they play here is the role you should play as a leader. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. Listen, many Christians do not get it. They are looking at the case and ignoring the lesson. The thing Paul is teaching here that we should not drink wine. No, 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 no. I know he's not saying that. That's not the topic or the subject of conversation. It was simply what? Example. Case study. That's why if you read the next verse, it didn't say anything about wine. Be not drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be filled. That's a message. Be filled. That's a message. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. How? The next verse. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making. No, you know all those three are in present continuous tense. Singing, speaking, making. So it's something you do continuously if you are filled. So for you to understand this, for you to understand what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost, I may need to teach you a bit more about what it means to be drunk humanly speaking. So, and I told you before, I, that's why the topic today is called Under the Influence. And a few days ago, you know what happened in Atlanta, Georgia? There was a man, I watched a video, that was shot and killed by a police. And if you watch the video very well, the man was drunk. 
totally drunk. In fact, the man was in his car and he passed out. He said that this and he was sleeping. He's at Wendy's. Wendy's is a restaurant where you buy, sorry, a, a, a eatery joint where you go and buy like McDonald's. So he went there, about to take his order, and guess what? He slept off. He slept off. He was drunk. I'm, go- I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Please follow me. Just, just give me two minutes. So the people at the back hooted their horn. The people inside, excuse me, sir. You're alone. Hello. I was drunk. So they called the police. Police had to bang the window for him to wake up. Yes, yes, yes. Pull over. And they did what they call sobriety tests in America. When you're drunk, they do three things. The first thing is they take your breath. They say, please, breathe into this. <laughs> when you breathe into that object, it tells them how much alcohol content is in your body. So that's sobriety. So they knew. Because the first thing you know when a man is drunk is what? By their breath. I remember a few months ago, a few years ago, somebody walked to my office. And as he spoke to me, I went this way. I could tell the man was drunk. I said, are you drunk? He said, no, sir. No, sir. Then he started to be licking tom-tom. Because he knows if he wound up and speaks, alcohol will come from his mouth. Oh, God, I'm going somewhere. You guys are not listening to me. What did he say? Speaking. Oh, Jesus. The proof that you have the Holy Ghost in you is what comes out of your mouth. If you are drunk with alcohol, how do we know fast? What comes out of your mouth? People from afar will say, mm-hmm, are you drunk? Say, no, no, I'm not drunk. I'm not taking anything. Then they see you wobbling. Then they see you moving anyhow. So before they see you wobbling, they f- smell your breath. Every time I smell the breath of Christians, I feel they're not led by the Holy Ghost. Because the half word comes out from their mouth. How could you be filled with the Holy Ghost? And you use half word or curse words. I was a pastor one day, he came to my office and he was talking to me and he forgot himself and he used the F word. I said, wow, this guy isn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He's filled with movie and, and Scarface and stuff like that. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. How do I know? Speaking, singing, making, oh God of heaven. When you feel what comes out of mouth will be break the chains, will be songs of the Holy Ghost. People, you won't even know when you're in the bus. Sometimes when you're walking on the street, you just go, rekeke, batuseke, plakadeke. You say, oh, you me? You are speaking in tongues in the bus. I forgot myself. Why? I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. In the bathroom, when I wake up in the morning, when I go to my bathroom, what comes out is kokote po shakakabakada. I'm not even praying. I'm simply filled with the Holy Ghost. Because I'm under influence. Now when that man has been tested through sobriety test and they find him guilty, they will then charge him to, to court. They will say on his charge card, under the influence, was driving under the influence of alcohol or narcotics. When you're under the influence of drugs, we don't want to test you. The things one will do when they're under the influence of what? Narcotics, drugs, hard drugs. You'll be amazed at the things they will do. They could kill their papa, kill their mama. They could do things that nobody will ever think of doing. When they come back to their senses, did you know you did that? I didn't do it. Well, how do you think when people that are kidnapping girls, that do sex trafficking, when they want girls to sleep with 20, 30, 40 men, they put drugs in their veins because they know no girl naturally will sleep with 30 women. So they put you under the 
influence. So once you're under the influence of narcotics, you don't even feel pain. You don't know when a man is sleeping with you, 20, 30 men, because it's no more you, it's that demonic influence controlling your body. Listen, brethren, Paul said to us, we should be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. That's the message today. That's the message. And many Christians are not under the influence of the Holy Ghost at all. He said, be not drunk with wine when in the senses, but be filled. That would be filled means be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost so much fill you that it controls you. Let me tell you the definition of influence here. Influence is defined as the action or process of producing effects on the actions, behaviors, and opinions of others. So, I will so much influence you that your actions, your opinions, and your behavior is affected by the person influencing you. Oh, you miss that. The actions, the behavior, and the opinions of a substance or others is so much having an effect on you without even knowing why. Because you are under their influence. So today, is, the question is this. Oh, Jace, under whose influence are you? Gideon, who's influencing you? Because everybody is under somebody's influence or some substance. My question is, is it the Holy Ghost? And if it's not, who's influencing you? Brethren, this is a real message. It's a food for thought for all of us. And if you ask the church, if you ask our church fathers, they are under the influence of greed. Unfortunately, greed and money. So 90% of what they do on the pulpit is control their behaviors, their actions for greed, money. They are under the influence of mammon. And we hate to say it, but that's the truth. Nothing more but the truth. And that's why influence, another definition, Webster says, the heart of power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct exercise of command. So the thing is not even putting force on you. The thing is not commanding you. But guess what? It's controlling you. Thank you. I like that. So just like alcohol will control you without commanding you. <laughs> and you are the one that drank it. And drugs will control you without commanding you. And you begin to stumble and wobble. And you say things that you would never say if you were not under the... So if I'm under the influence of the Holy Ghost, what will I say? I will show you now. When Saul, the son of Kish, walked up to Samuel, and Samuel said, go, one day, God will give you another heart. You'll become another man. You will be among the prophets, and the spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. Saul that had never prophesied, prophesied. My God, when he was under the influence, what Saul would never have done. The Bible says Saul started to prophesy. He began, and he said, Is Saul also among the prophets? Saul became a prophet. Listen to me. I want to be a man of God. Walk with men of God. I want to be, I want to be a pastor find pastors and say they are missed. If you stay there for too long, it will rub off on you. I want to be a ministry person. You can't say you want to be a ministry person. You spend 10% of your time in ministry, 80% at workplace. You will be under the influence of who you expose yourself to. Who you expose yourself to over time will influence you, your mind, your actions. You cannot be under the influence of the Holy Ghost when you hardly spend time with the Holy Spirit. 
You don't take alcohol, you can't be under the influence of alcohol. You don't take um, narcotics, you can never be under the influence of narcotics. You don't relate with the Holy Ghost, you can never be led by the Spirit of God. I didn't say so, the Bible says so. That's why we have few people led by the Spirit. Because most people don't talk to the Spirit. We don't relate, we don't walk on that, we don't walk with Him. So we find it difficult to be led by the Spirit. Praise God. So you see, how do you know? You know there's a comedian. I don't know what his name is anymore. Gidon. He cleans that drug, whatever. Is that the name of the guy? I don't know the guy. I like that guy. One day I watch his comedy. I said, is this guy really drunk or just acting? He will be so acting like a drunk man. You will think he's actually drunk. I watch his comedy like five, ten times. He'll go this way. I'm like, no, this guy's really drunk. This guy's really drunk. And it's not drunk. It was an act. So he's acting, clean that drunk. And the guy will act it so well that you would think he's what? Drunk. If you see any man that sleeps in the gutter and is not mad, what's influencing him? Alcohol. <laughs> Alcohol. Take it. So when you're under the influence, well, how do you know those under the influence of wine? One, it smells from their mouth. Meaning that if you're under the influence of the Holy Ghost, what comes from your mouth will tell us who you are. What comes from your mouth will tell me what's influencing you. I tell you, if I sit with Gideon for one hour, two hours, and I have a chat with you, before you speak ten things, nine of them will be music-related, notes-related, your dreams, everything you do is music. That's what's influencing you. That's what the Holy Ghost has, the songs you've written. If I spend 30 minutes with you and I only get whiskey songs, I will run from you. Error! Someone say error! I told him, say error! Error! Error is error. It's error. So what comes from your mouth tells me who you are or tells me what's influencing you thank you we're coming back to first Samuel very soon when you are under the influence of wine what do you do you stumble when you walk oh you miss that you stumble that means you have to stand straight and walk on the right path now when they do that sobriety test they tell them to take some steps and not stumble but you see every time they are drunk they go this way because they can't walk straight when you're under the influence of the Holy Ghost, will direct your steps. Oh, Jesus. Alcohol will direct your steps when you're drunk. <laughs> Narcotics will direct your steps when you're under the drugs. The Holy Ghost, my God, will direct your steps when you're under the influence. Where is that? Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. To be tempted, even Jesus, when he was under the Holy Ghost, filled in chapter 3 of Matthew, chapter 3. When the heavens opened, the Holy Ghost descended upon Jesus. The first thing he did was to direct his steps, he led him into the wilderness. Luke chapter 4 as well. To be tempted, look, forgive me, look for home. He led him into the wilderness to be tempted. How can the Holy Ghost lead you to be tempted? Because he knows very much well that you will overcome it, he controls your steps. He controls your steps. He was led up. Can you see Matthew 4 verse 1? He was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led up. Why? Because the Spirit starts to lead you. Start to control your steps and your path. So you can't tell me, hey, 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 Victor, you can't tell me you're under the leading of the Holy Ghost and we find you 90% of the time in the club. That's flesh leading you. You're under the influence of flesh. You can't tell me, hey, I'm a Christian now. I'm a Christian now. I'm still going to church every time. My own, I'm not going to church. Oh. I'm a Christian now. I can even spend more time in the club and prostitute's house. That is flesh leading you. That can't be Jesus. That can't be the Holy Ghost. 
That's why you find some people, oh Jesus, you missed that. At age 12, where did we find Jesus? In the temple. Thank you, my dear. Abigail. In the temple, he tells you what was coordinating his steps. In the temple, he was a carpenter's son. He had a skill of his own. He has a trade. He had a business, but he wasn't doing so much preoccupied with his business. If you find people that say they are Christians and they run from church, run from them. Run from them. You can be a child of God under the influence of the Holy Ghost and you hate going to church. Let me go there today. Another time. Doesn't, doesn't flow, doesn't blend. That's why so many people are saying open the churches. And I understand that. But today we're not going to open our churches. We can still have fellowship. We can still spend time in the Word. We can still study the book. We can still read this book, this great Bible, without going to church for now because of a health hazard that it might constitute to all of us if we gather together. You see, when you're under the influence of wine, you're not sober. The Bible tells us to be sober and be vigilant. You sleep off anywhere. That guy was sleeping off. He slept off in the car. Because it will influence even your subconscious, your actions. So that's why those of us that are under the Holy Ghost, we sleep in the spirit. We spend more time. We're slain in the spirit. We're slain. It controls us so much. Even our subconscious. You know what I do? When I'm subconscious, I get dreams from heaven. I get visions from heaven. Because it's what's controlling my subconscious. Slays you in the Holy Ghost. And then start giving you dreams and visions. And people say, Why are you here? Are you here, sir? Are you here? I'm here. I'm just with him more. Let me go back and spend time with my father. Because he's controlling you. Listen, friends, there are modern day influencers, many, and some things, and people. When I say modern day influencers, I'm going to share with you now. These are some things and some people influence today the way we dress, the way we eat, the way we move, the way we socialize, the way we work, our attitudes, the way we relate, the way we worship, the way we even pray. Those things influence us. And today, media is the biggest influence of character. Media is the greatest molder of opinions. Look at what CNN is doing to Donald Trump. Do you think it's an accident? It's deliberate. Look at what Fox is doing to CNN. It's deliberate. Trying to mold the views, political views about people, about one person or two people. Look at what they're doing in Nigeria. Second one is social media, not even the traditional media. Today, many people don't even know Jack. Social media is stronger than even the lecturers. They get their views, opinions on social media. They don't even know who is teaching them there. It could be stupid people, idiots, foolish people. They don't care. They just go to social media and say, ah, they send it on social media. So I believe it. Why? I found it where? Social media. So people just don't understand that. And that's the Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians. So you can be unwise. You can be foolish meaning unwise how could you let social media build and build for you your views and opinions and influence your values influence your values very very sad so media is one of the most powerful influencers today don't let the media influence your views about Jesus because the people that control the media may not be Christians I repeat, the people that control the media may not be Christians. Don't let the media, social or traditional, influence your views about Jesus. Be careful. 
be very, very careful. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The spirit, another, another thing that controls us and influences us today is the spirit of the world. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14 says, if it's not, if you're not under the spirit of God, maybe the spirit of this world. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, excuse me, not the spirit of the world, excuse me, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Can I read that again? Not the spirit of the world. Can I say it again? Not the spirit of the world. So if a spirit of God can influence, the spirit of the world can influence. And by the way, this is written to a church at Corinth. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. When was the last time you had a message on worldliness? You know why we don't preach again? Because the spirit of the world is governing the church. He says, not the spirit of the world. That's why what we do today is celebrity mentality. Where is that from? The world. Celebrity mentality is from where? The world. So we imported celebrity mentality into the church. So all of a sudden we make our pastors stars, celebrities. No more servants of the Most High God. Prophets that would lock themselves in a room to hear God and come out and tell us, Thus hear the Lord. They are celebrities. So we start measuring our pastors with what celebrities do. Oh, my pastor, to have a Jew gone. Jew How has Jew gone got to do with the Holy Ghost? How? What, what is the correlation between Jew gone and character? How can you tell me morals and Jew gone are connected? People that do jiwagons in the world are celebrities. Why are you not celebrating me as a man of God? Because I bought a jiwagon. You celebrate me because I have stronger morals, stronger character. Not jiwagon. My competitive edge should be my character. Not those out there. My pastor has a private jet. So? How come you're not measuring pastors with private jets? And not character not the spirit of the world. We have imported the spirit of the world into the church. So we are no more, listen to me, where I'm going to is this that the church is no more under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm going to. My submission and my conclusion is the church is no more under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Under the influence of the spirit of this world. Maybe not under the influence of narcotics or alcohol, but certainly not under the influence of what the Holy Ghost even to the point where our worship leaders our priests they compare themselves with who? secular musicians to show that ah did you see how that if I want to sing in the world though I was talking to a young lady a few weeks ago about worship and music he said hey, I belong to a band and the way this is going on I've decided I will never go and sing in a secular band <laughs> you decided it's not your decision that means you don't even understand yourself. Secular band should not even be on the page. Shouldn't even be in consideration at all. Shouldn't be on the table. Shouldn't be on the agenda. Shouldn't be thinking. The spirit of the world, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, says it to us that the spirit that now governs the world. Ephesians 2, when in time is past, you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the earth. The spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. That's the spirit controlling young people. Now do yahoo yahoo. Hush puppy. Look at that guy. He's been caught now. 
by the spirit of the world. Can you imagine a Christian? I was speaking to a young Christian who says Osh Puppy was his own hero. And I told him, Are you aware this man is a thief, a criminal? He said, But it's still my role model. That is the spirit of the world imported into the church. And you speak, they call you old school. Leave me with my old school. You go to your new school. The spirit of the world. That says money matters more than any other thing, regardless of the way you make it. That's why you have people raping. Because it's a thing that is happening where in the world. Look at the rape victims. Should the church be discussing rape at all? No! What the church, Gideon, used to discuss was premarital sex. We call it fornication. Now we have turned that away. We no longer have premarital sex. We've lowered our standard. We have agreed you can sleep together. We are now begging you don't rape each other. You can see how we are, we are being governed by the spirit of the world. We have all agreed you can sleep together but don't rape. We have a problem. The spirit of the world. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We, are, we keep lowering our moral expectations and standards. So anything happens, anything goes. Brethren, we have a problem. We need to pray. We need to ask God to help us to be under the right influence. The influence of the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine. Be not drunk with social media. Be not drunk with social media. Be not drunk with entertainment. Because those things we do what? We control you. Wherein there is a excess. I was, I was with one of my daughters yesterday and I was talking when she came to uh, the house to just visit me with her friends and we were talking about something and I said, can you do without your phone for one hour? How many of you can do without social media for three days? I'm sure you think I'm, 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 I'm insane. My baby girl, I love my daughter going, she's my baby girl. My, I love her so much. One day we were on vacation and you're hearing this. I'm sure she will say, I did, don't tell them. I'm telling them. I'm telling them, my wife, myself, my son, my daughter, we go on vacation. We sat together. We went to go and eat outside. So we ate out and we had beautiful meals. My daughter and her phone, Jesus Christ, I don't know what to do. She's always on the phone. So that day, my wife and I sat. I said, them girl, said, yes, dad. Them girl, yes, dad. I'm going to give you $100. If you can do without your phone throughout this meal. Dad, you mean it? Yes. You mean it? Yes. I'll do. I'll try. I'll do. I said, yes. When? Now! So we started debate from now. And they brought the meal. Let's go five minutes, ten minutes. Daddy, please, please. I want to take the picture. Can I? <laughs> she said, she was making me daddy, please, please. Let me just take a picture and then snap and say, you see, I just warned you. She couldn't hold on. They take the picture, she took it. It's a, it's a millennials, it's a generation. But you can be careful, must be careful how you let that thing influence you. What influence you controls you? What controls you? You are a slave to. What influence you controls you? What controls you? You are a slave to. Be careful. What you become a slave to. Celebrities, politics, and power. The spirit of the world. The third thing that influences people out today is the spirit of the devil. I don't want to go there. That one is demonic possession. I like the one in Mark chapter nine verse twenty-two. A man came to Jesus. He said, "The demon." has possessed my son. He throws him into the fire and throws him in the water. He wants to destroy him. I said, no, it's torture. Because if you see something, put him into fire and water. Fire and water. 
fire and water. It's torturing the same. If you want to destroy, put in fire and kill. If you want to destroy, put in water and drown. Or to put into fire and water. Oftentimes, it has cast him into fire and into waters. Can you imagine the torture the devil puts men through? It blows hot and blows cold. Torture. Torture. That's the enemy. And so many Christians like that, their life is up and down. Fire and water. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The devil can also influence you. Because the spirit of bondage in Romans 8, verse 14 and 15. Romans 8, verses 14 and 15. It tells us there that we should not be under the spirit of bondage. Because that, and this is very important. Listen to this. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Listen to me. They are the sons of God. Because they are influenced by the spirit. For, verse 15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, let me tell you what this is. And this is very important for me to tell you psychologically now. Psychologically, not just spiritually. Now, spiritually, we see this as demonic possession and we cast bondages out. But look at the word there, again, to fear. Fear is a key word there. This bondage is not a bondage to fear. It's not bondage to be cast away. It's a bondage of fear. Fear here means distrust. Have you noticed that we don't trust ourselves anymore? When we receive the Spirit of God, we say, Abba, Father. What that means is that I trust my brother. Father, I trust you. So that's why people don't trust themselves, even in church. Members don't trust the pastors. Pastors don't trust members. Because if I talk to you, I'm afraid of you. You may share my secrets with others. So we have so much, we're in bondage, distrust. We're in so much in bondage. We're afraid of one another. Who you are in bondage, who you are afraid of, you can't call father. But if you have the spirit of adoption, you can call Abba Father. Why? No, why? I trust my father. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be. Why? We cry, Abba Father. We cry, Abba Father. So it's a place of trust. I trust my father. I can talk to him anytime, any moment, anyhow, because he loves me. It will not betray my trust. I am not walking in fear with God. So we cry. We cry, Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. Yes, hallowed be your name. Oh, hallowed. But if you don't have that trust, what do you have? Fear. So you are what? In bondage. Bondage. Something that I want to break today. I pray that God will help us to break the spirit of bondage in the name of Jesus. We're so much afraid. Oh, Jesus, we live in fear, even of our own shadows. We don't trust everybody around us. Your friend does not trust your sister. The hushers don't trust each other. The choir members, they look every day as if they are friends. They're not friends. I don't trust. I don't trust him. Why? We're all in bondage. We're all living together like zombies in the old picture of 1,000, 2,000. We don't trust everybody. Nobody trusts anybody anymore. We are living in fear. Don't tell him. Don't tell her. When you have a dream, don't tell your sister, your brother, your dickhead. They can display you. Why are we living in fear? God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power, of love, but of sound mind. What if he betrays me? That's a spirit of fish. Walk in love. Walk in love. Let's stop this fear. 
It's not God. It's the spirit of the world. It's of the devil. That's not the spirit of God. The spirit of God never gives you fear. It's there. And the fear we always think about is the fear of dying. Not the fear. I'm not speaking about the fear of death today. It's about fear of your neighbor. We fear our brothers in church. There's so many walls built where we cannot relate well in love. That's why we find it difficult to love. Find it difficult to love. We suspect every move somebody makes. The person comes to you, say, Hey, happy girl, how are you? You say, Fine. I don't trust him more. Why is he greeting me now? Why is he smiling now? Hey, ah. Then the man you leave, you pick a phone. He, he, brother Victor, that person greeted me today. I don't know why you. Hey, be careful. No, I told you. Fear. Fear. That's not the spirit of God. We are influenced. We are under the influence of fear. Every day, every minute, every second. We are afraid of everybody. We are afraid of ourselves. We are afraid of our parents. We don't know it, but we are under the influence of what? Fear. And we are in what? Bondage. (laughs) We are in bondage. Because those that can help you, you are afraid of. Pastors, trust them. Love your pastors. Trust them. Those pastors in the corner church, I love them. The pastors in Abuja branch, oof, finest people. The pastors in Aja church, oh, great, lovely guys. The pastors in, in, in uh, uh, Festac, Pastor Kola, ah, a man of God. So are they perfect? No! Do they make mistakes? Yes! Should you still love them? Yes! Trust them? Yes! What if they disappoint me? So? They are human. But because of that, we have so much fear in our churches. The women group don't trust the men group. The men group are afraid of the Dickens board. The Dickens board don't trust the membership board. The membership board doesn't trust the marriage board. Many people are afraid of the church office. Church office said they hate us in, uh, uh, everywhere. Church choir doesn't like the church ushering. Ushering are afraid of the media. Media will not greet. What is going on here? Fear has gripped your soul and your heart. You are in bondage. Today, break that chain off. Since we have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we can cry, Abba, Father. We have the same Father, and let's all love ourselves. Praise God. The bigger examples of those under the influence. Number one, Saul before and after the Holy Ghost. Look at the man called Saul. Take Saul's life, watch me, before the Holy Ghost came upon him and after the Holy Ghost came upon him. They left him, exactly. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 14 to 15 was the first place when the Holy Spirit left him. You know when the Holy Spirit came upon him? I'll show you. In First Samuel chapter, chapter 10. Go to First Samuel 10 first and verse 6 to 13. Give me First Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 to 13, you will see that this man was filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he became another man because God gave him another heart. Every man that is influenced under the influence of the Holy Spirit is another man. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching a great sermon. Every time you are under the influence of the Holy Ghost, you are another man. You can't be like the fellow guy they knew before. You can't be the former guy. You are another man. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Thou shalt prophesy with them and shall turn to another man. My God. That's why I've not seen another man in you. Because you're not under the influence of the Holy Ghost. 
Because when you're under the influence, you say, ah, Gideon has changed though. She knows that Gideon didn't even shout anymore. Why? Another man. I can't know Chris Everly. Another man. Why? He's the only ghost influencing him. How many of you know when a man is drunk, he becomes what? Another man. Listen, when you're under the influence, you will try to even kill your own son. You won't know. Who did that? Saul. Saul threw javelin at his own son, Jonathan. His own son. The same son he was fighting for to become king. When he was under the influence of evil spirit, he threw the son at him. Let me give you the passage. Give it to me, my dear. Uh, 1 Samuel 20. No, 1 Samuel 20, verse 30 and 34. He tried to kill. When he was under 1 Samuel 20, I think, verse 30. He threw the javelin. He threw javelin at David a couple of times, but he threw javelin at his own son. His own son, and he tried to kill him. He threw javelin at David. That's different. David's son is different. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. He sat in his house. No, not, not that one. 20 verse 30 and 34. That's the one for, this is for, for David. This is when he threw at David. He threw the javelin at David in 1 Samuel 19. He also threw his own spear at his own son. He was so filled with hatred. He was under the influence of the devil. And Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. He said to him, Thou son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do not I know that thou hast chosen the son of Jesse to be thine into thy own confusion and unto the confusion of their mother's nakedness. For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor the kingdom, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now did you send him? Fetch him to me, for he shall surely die. Jonathan was simply taking his friend. Jonathan answered Saul his father and said, Why? Why should he be slain? What has he done, Daddy? Nezras. And Saul cast a javelin at him to smite him. But Jonathan now knew he was determined that his father to slay David. Excuse me. I thought you were fighting for Jonathan. You trying to kill him, Jonathan? He was under the influence. Under the word influence. Once or twice, when Saul came back to his senses, he had to apologize to David. One day, David had opportunity to not kill him. He said, I'm sorry, I didn't even want to do that to you. My son, David, forgive me. Please come back. When you're under the influence of evil hatred, when people hate you, they do things that you can't believe they'll do. So they will slander you. When they now come back to their senses, did I say that? Yes, we said that about Reverend. But I didn't know. It's, your heart is filled with hatred, filled with evil intent and thoughts, filled and controlled and you're influenced by the devil be careful don't let some bitterness influence your decisions be careful you see the same Saul when he was under the influence of God he fought for Israel he defended the people he prophesied the same Saul did what? prophesied among the prophets they said he saw now one of the prophets tall, lanky, lovely handsome man prophesying the Bible says God gave him another heart but the moment the influence of the Holy Ghost left him and the evil spirit came upon him he started to throw javelins trying to kill David and his own son Jonathan very frightening listen to me friends I've seen people that are so good do things that are so terrible I wonder how not the influence now psychologists cannot explain it they call them sociopaths and psychopaths because by bipolar, because they can't understand to say, how can you have split personalities? He's under the influence of the devil. 
because the psychologists do not want to agree that they will exist. But we in the Bible, we read the Bible, we saw a soul being a sociopath and a psychopath and bipolar. How can a man want to kill his own son that he's fighting for? <laughs> his most beloved son is heir apparent. It was these days they call them serial killers because they would have killed many just because of one. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Find the same Saul when he was not under the influence of the Holy Ghost. He went to consult a witch at Endor to know the outcome of the battle. First Samuel 28, verse 3 to 10. He just wanted, when you are not under the control of the Holy Ghost, you will go to Abalis, go to ritualists, ritual killers, kidnapping, just to have your way. You find people like that. First, some pastors that miss it in Christ, trying to look for success in ministry and growth in numbers. They go and meet Babalao and say, Give me numbers. Why? They are no more under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Under the influence. My message today is I pray that you and I will be under the influence of the Holy Ghost and will let Him control us. I use the word, we will not try to control Him. As many as are led by the Holy Ghost, not as many that lead the Holy Ghost. Because today we have a church that's trying to lead the Holy Spirit. Bible <laughs> says, as many as are led by the Holy Ghost, not as many that lead the Holy Ghost. Let him lead us. He says, Saul inquired of the Lord and answered him not by dreams, nor by rim, nor by prophet. First Samuel 28, verse 6, verse 7. And so Saul said, to him, Seek a woman, a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And the servant said to him, Excuse me, sir, there is a woman with a familiar spirit at Endor. There was a witch there. And so Saul said, so disguised himself, put on another raiment. And he went, and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine to me, by familiar spirit, bring me up, whom I shall call unto thee. Can you imagine a man that once upon a time had the Holy Ghost feeling, prophesied, sang, did rakabababa, now going to meet witches and wizards to say, what is God saying? Can you imagine? Can we all imagine for a minute? Look at how much this guy had descended because he was no more under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He was now grabbed by his own ambition, controlled by inordinate ambition. And many Christians have missed it like that. They used to be under the influence. They used to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. They used to prophesy and sing well and preach great sermons. But if you look at them today, you keep wondering, how come? How did they get to that point? The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Samson, another man that was under the influence of the Holy Ghost. You know him? When Samson was a winner, was controlling the Holy Ghost. Once in a while, he was not his natural self. Because nobody can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit 24 hours. No, 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 you can't. But you must try, because nobody can drink alcohol 24 hours, 7 days a week. Ah, you get it now. So he was saying to you there, he said, what? They're not drunk with wine. So they drink wine after they are drunk, they cover their senses, they spend five days, five hours, eight hours in the sanity, natural man, natural. Then they begin to take it small, 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 small again. Because you don't just get drunk with one drop. It starts with a sip. So get the Holy Ghost in. Let him begin to control you little by little, line up a line, precept upon precept. That's how to get it. That was happened to Samson. Samson was so filled with the Holy Ghost. But when he walked in the flesh and the cut of his hair, he wished not that the spirit had left him. Judges chapter 16, I think verse 13. He wished not that the Holy Ghost had left him. He wished not that he was no more under the influence of the Holy Ghost. 
He was no more under the influence because the spirit began to move him. And that was began to Judges 13 25 began to move him. He was under the influence, he was moving everywhere, everywhere he went to, he was moving. But when the Holy Ghost left him in Judges 16, he said, I will rise up like other times, I will strike the Philistines. And he wished not that the Holy Ghost had left him or that he was no more under the influence. So he couldn't do what he would have done normally if he was still under the influence. And that is very important for all of us to know. The Lord will help us all exactly. And I wish not the Lord had departed from him. I don't want him to depart from me. That was why David said, Take not thine Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy, joy of my salvation. He knew the place of the Holy Ghost. I'll renew right spirit within me. There are times I'm going to be under the flesh, but I don't want to be under the flesh every time. I want to be under the Holy Ghost. When I say flesh, natural. Because when I'm eating my gari, I'm under natural mind. I want to tell my wife, my wife, honey, give me a mala, give me wheat, give me this. I'm not sure. I don't ask the Holy Ghost. Do I eat wheat or amala? I don't ask him. I just, it's my taste, my appetite. I like to eat more, more. It's my appetite. So I like to eat some KFC. It's my appetite. But most times, I said, God, teach me, lead me, inform me, instruct me, make me wise. I don't want to make wrong decisions, Lord. Help me, Lord. I want to be under the influence. Under the influence. Oh, praise God. I pray that today's message will meet you at the place where you cry, you bow your knees. After this time out, you say to God, in those two minutes, three minutes, Lord, place me under your influence. Oh, God, help me. Place me so that my actions, my behaviors, my, my, my thoughts and opinions, 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 opinions will be controlled and influenced by you. My opinion on marriage of Jesus is not Oprah Winfrey's opinion. God, what is your fault on this? And God will say to you, son, daughter, I hate divorce. What are you? You are under the influence. Not under the influence of feminist movements. Opinion, your opinions. Modern day churches are feminist driven. They just want their opinions. They don't care about the Holy Ghost. Nobody ever consults the Holy Ghost on simple issues. They consult social media. They consult their opinions. Their opinion molders. Who are those molding our opinions today? Who are those molding our thoughts today? I'm not saying they are all evil. I'm simply asking you, is the Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit involved? Is he informing you, instructing you? Is he directing you? Have you asked him for his own thoughts and his own opinion on those sensitive, crucial issues of life? Don't. We hardly do today. David was the same. When Samson was under the influence, he broke the, broke the gates of Gaza, destroyed a thousand with the jawbone of an ass. He never lost the battle until he refused to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. He blocked out his eyes. He whipped him like a slave. They put him in chains and shackles. They locked him up in a prison. He became indeed another man. But when he was under the influence, he was what? A mighty man. I don't want to be a feeble man. When you're under the influence of God, you're a mighty man, not a feeble man. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Five ways to know when you're under the influence. I'm closing now. Number one, I want to round up. Prayers, your prayers are influenced by him. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. We know not what we should pray for. 
For what? For the Holy Ghost helpeth our infirmities. How do I know I'm under the influence? Listen to me. I will never say because I'm fighting Victor. God, deal with Victor. Deal with him. Deal with him. That's not the influence of the Holy Ghost. Because it's not the one helping you there. The Holy Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought to pray, but the Holy Ghost maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. My God, when you're under the influence of the Holy Ghost, He will make those for you with groanings that cannot be uttered. With groanings. Groanings. But that's exactly what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. I like it so much. For the past one week, the Holy Ghost, or two weeks actually, the Holy Ghost has given me that scripture. Do you know, Sister Gideon, the Holy Ghost has given me that scripture, was giving me out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. John 7, 37. Out of your belly shall flow. <laughs> and then one night I just woke up in my house. I think my wife and I was on the phone and we were speaking in tongues. My wife spoke in tongues to me. I spoke in tongues back to her. We were saying, out of your belly. Out of your belly. And the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Why? The next verse. He that believeth on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. I had to go and Google, I had to go and study the word belly. The word belly in Greek means out of your womb. I'm here to find a man with a womb. So God says, every man is a spiritual creature. Out of your womb shall flow. What comes out of a womb is life. Women give birth to babies from their womb. Out of your belly shall flow. Flow. The word flow. Today I'm asking, where is the flow? Something should come from within. Shall flow. Rivers. None of us watch, watch me. Rivers that come from your belly. Listen to me, Abigail. Shall bless others. Because people all know it means that. People drink from rivers. So he's saying that if you believe in me, men will come to you and drink from you. Because you will become a source. <laughs> a source. That's why Gideon sings songs. All of them go to Gideon. We get blessed by the songs they will write. Blessed by the song they will minister. Why? Out of their belly is flowing. Oh, Pastor Funke will preach a great sermon. Pastor P will teach a great sermon. From where? Out of his belly. Out of her belly. Comfort comes. Help comes. Word comes. Wisdom comes. Revelation comes. Prophecy comes. Songs come. Hymns come. Spiritual songs. All kind of stuff. Men will come from everywhere to do what? To drink from your belly. To drink from your belly. Jesus knows they shall flow a well. The rivers. I'm not saying well. And when I look at you today, and I say, am I drinking from your wells? No. I try to suck from your belly. Nothing. Why? Why are you all barren? Why are we not producing? Because we're not under the influence of the Holy Ghost. The Lord will help us all in Jesus' name. For out of your belly shall flow the rivers of living waters. How do I know those under the influence? Number one, your prayers are influenced by the Holy Ghost. Number two, your words and your speeches are influenced by the Holy Ghost. Let those speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Second Samuel 23 verse 2 says, I like Second Samuel chapter 23. I think David was speaking about his last final words. 
I think verse 3 or verse 2. He says, this is what the Holy Ghost spake. Give me a second, Samuel. The Spirit of the Lord spake by me. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. His word was in my tongue. That's a man under the influence of the Holy Ghost. David said, look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me. Two things. He spake to me. He spoke through me. He that ruleth, verse 2 says, he spake through me. Verse 3 says, he spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just. Ruling in the fear of God. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Next verse, I like it so much. And it shall be as a light in the morning. When the sun rises, even the morning without clouds. As the tender grass springing out of the earth by cleaning rain after. Next verse. Although, next verse. My house be not so with God. Did you miss that? Listen to me. I found that that as a man, the way you know, man of Jesus, help me. The way you know a man that the Holy Ghost is speaking through is even when God is speaking through him, he will be condemning himself. Because truth is not personal, truth is absolute. He said, Although my house be not so. So for you to know that it was God speaking through him, he was not trying to embellish facts. He said, He that ruleth amongst men must be fair, must be just, must be this. Hey, 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 I'm not so. I have areas of weaknesses. But truth is bigger than me. Truth is absolute. So if you see men that say, I am truth, then they are Jesus. Although my house be not so. Because it was the Spirit of God speaking through him, how do we know? The Spirit of God condemned him, even in his own words. Because it was God speaking through him. He said, you know, perfect. That shows you it's God. When you see a man try to portray himself perfect, that's not God. That's the Spirit of man speaking through that man. It was man said, Me, I'm in our ministry, in our commission. I have not made a mistake. That is the flesh. That's not God. Because this was a man that said, The Spirit of God spoke through me, spoke to me. And the thing he said, I found that I am not even fulfilling it. Let me round up. My director is already getting tired of listening me to preach. Number three, worship and songs are influenced by Him. How do I know you're influenced by the Holy Ghost? Number one, your prayers. Number two, your words and speeches. How can you use an F word? And you say you're a Christian. Go on social media, you're abused by anyhow. And you're a Christian. Uncle, I, don't, I doubt if the Holy Ghost is leading you. Number three, worship and songs. You find them everywhere in the car, in the bars, in the Uber. They thought, they thought the songs influence them. They, don't, they even do it subconsciously. Ephesians 5, verse 18, 19, speaking to yourselves, singing, making melody in your hearts, thanksgiving. Number five, number four, your decisions are influenced by the Holy Ghost. John 14, for it says in verse 16 and 17, I will give you another comforter who shall teach you. Teach means and be your advocate, who instruct you on what to do. And finally, your social life and your friends as well. That's why you can't find those led by the Holy Ghost. Walk and stumble into bare paths and sit there and say, Well, I'm under the influence here. Uncle, you can't, you cannot feel this company eh? and say you're happy with them. Friendships or socialization. It's important. Listen to me. I want to close this sermon. I want to ask you all to pray. This is my heart to you. Under the influence, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's the message today. If we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, what should the Holy Ghost do in this temple? Simple influence it. That's all. That's why he says you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus went to the temple to clean it. 
so that he says this house shall be called a house of prayers not a den of faiths because if this is the temple of the Holy Ghost then let this temple be governed controlled and influenced by the Holy Ghost let him not be a guest in this temple let him have access into his temple let him control his temple let his temple not control him let his temple not dictate to him let him control his temple thank you for listening 